If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. And you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It is episode 609. I am Ryan McCaffrey, a Phoenix Suns fan trapped in San Francisco. And I am joined this week by Khalif Adams, a New York Knicks fan trapped in Portland, Oregon. How are you, my friend? (laughs) I'm I'm here on the baseline right now. I'm looking, you know, uh, jealously at Dame Lillard and hoping he goes to my new york knicks even though that's not going to happen in this lifetime it's okay it's all right you never know it's the nba stranger things have happened who Uh, knows who knows we'll see he hasn't gone anywhere yet he says he says miami and that that still hasn't happened so the knicks are still in it as far as i'm concerned my hair Uh, will grow back before he goes to the knicks i'm just saying that (laughs) we've got plenty to talk about this week Uh, We're recording a little early. The schedule's just off. I'm getting on a plane tomorrow. Everybody's at Gamescom. So it's kind of a kind of a weird one this week. We're recording on Tuesday. It is 4.13 p.m. Pacific. I'm not quite sure when this will get into your ears, how long it'll take to get edited and turned around. Uh, May end up just being the usual time. But now you know that we recorded it a little early. Uh, We recorded it a few hours here after the opening night live. press event showcase, if you will, from Mr. Jeff Keighley. And we're going to talk all about the big announcements there. That's probably going to entail most of the show. Uh, So stay tuned for that. But first, uh, I want to mention a little game that some of you may have been looking forward to called Starfield. Now, Khalif, I don't know if you've heard of this little indie title or not. I mean, I, who's that from? That's got to be from, that's like from the folks who brought you Psychonauts, right? Like those folks, this is Double Fine or something like that. <laughs> yeah, a little outfit called Bethesda Game Studios. And uh, <laughs> they are, they have finished that game up. It is, the early access begins on September 1st here. Again, it's August 22nd as we record. But I did want to pass along the review information because I know a lot of you are very, very curious to hear that. So we do have Starfield. We're playing Starfield. The IGN review, which is not by me, it's going to be by our reviews director, Dan Stapleton, who is a veteran of all the Todd Howard Bethesda Game Studios games. 
That review is going live on August 31st at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. So stay tuned for that. Now, Ka, speaking of uh, Starfield, one other quick thing that's super relevant in Xbox land and to Starfield before we get to the Gamescom stuff is that faceplates are back, sort of, kind of, in the form of console wraps, official Xbox Series X console wraps from Microsoft. They're coming out in November, the first batch. It's a drop of three of them. And uh, there's two camouflage styles. And then one, I'll give you a guess as to which of the three is going to be the highest seller, is a uh, very nice looking Starfield wrap to sort of give it that Starfield theme around around your gaming, your gaming rectangle back there. Uh, now, they're not cheap at 50 bucks, but what I find actually very interesting about them is when you think of a wrap, I don't know about you, Ka, I think of just like a, a, a thin piece of vinyl that's like stuck to the side of the thing, right? Mm -hmm. These are not that. These are, they seem more like iPad cases. If For those of you that have iPads out there, they kind of just yeah. magnetize on. Now, these don't magnetize on, but they, they're kind of a thicker material, uh, as, as Microsoft puts it in their announcement made with solid core panels that are layered with high-tech fabric finishes. The wraps are folded around your console and secured with a hook and loop enclosure. The interior of the wraps are printed with silicone designs that keep the wrap in place. So there's mm -hmm. some there's some, sci some sci-fi tech going on in these, Scott. <laughs> sci-fi tech, a.k.a. Velcro uh in the in the spots but it's funny because when you talk about these and i, I have that same feeling as, as you do about wraps usually being kind of like this really thin you know almost kind of like a you know plasticky material like a sticker. that goes on there like a sticker right these are kind of like console cozies like if you put a cozy yeah. on your beer it's like a console cozy which is kind of cool in in that respect because one i think it'll actually you know kind of give your console your xbox series x some padding also really interesting that they didn't do one of these for the S version, which I thought was really interesting too. Um, but I'm actually really excited for this as a person who loves branded consoles and who loves to see, you know, these custom designs happen. I have one of the Xbox uh, Series X Halo editions. I love to see stuff like this. And I, I was, it was about time to see that customization come in. And, you know, who, who's going to be next? That's going to be the, the big question of, of which first party title or, or branded cozy uh, cover we're going to see happen next from the, from the Xbox team. It'd be really cool to see. I totally agree that it's long overdue that, that I'm, I can't believe it took this long to get something like this going because, because Xbox fans have been wanting custom consoles. What like you mentioned the halo one. Mm -hmm. I wonder, do you think Khalif that, that the Xbox, the, the halo one's going to be, the only actual custom console ever made because of these wraps are that is all the focus going to shift over there, which of course would simplify their manufacturing, right? Cause they'd only ever be making one series X rather than the occasional run of, of, you know, an actual special edition console. Or do you think that occasionally for certain big games that we might still get actual special edition series X's? I mean, I think that it, we're, we're definitely going to see more special editions. I think the 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 Porsche uh, version of stuff that came out, or you oh, know, yeah, that's in the mix, that which which are really really nice. There's like five different versions of that one. I think there are going to definitely be some games down the line. 
you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a Forza version somewhere down the line because that's a big title for, for for the Xbox team, and it would be kind of perfect to align alongside the Porsche stuff in that mix too. But I think, you know, I I want them to do more of these, but it does feel like this is such a special thing because of the levels of of production I have to go into making it that the wraps will be that kind of you know step lower and, and offset some of that stuff then get more games into that mix and like you know one of the biggest parts of that conversation that we've talked about on the show a couple of weeks ago was customization around and fixing of your controllers and that now xbox giving you actual branded parts this is another part of the kind of ecosystem that we see with them potentially maybe this going into their, their customization suite for for controllers and now maybe being able to do some more stuff like this on the wraps just makes a lot of sense in terms of where they're going and where they've been to be able to kind of give you more fun ways to kind of, you know, be a part of the Xbox family. Now, as you remember, the Xbox 360 faceplates didn't re- <laughs> they just never really took off. I don't know if it no. was because they were, they seemed overpriced or if they're just the, the design, like Microsoft just didn't really commit to them besides that initial batch of, was it like five or six designs, something like that? There was like the wood paneled one. Uh-huh. It was a small handful. But do you think these are going to fare better in in his? Will we re- look back in history and will these have fared better than the, the Xbox 360 faceplates? It'll really. I think this is one of those moments where you know the influencer and press crew will be the folks who kind of help dictate where this is going to land. I think. This is a space where, you know, usually we'll get some of those things in early and get a chance to show them off our respective platforms and show that stuff off. And maybe if they are, you know, really nice and really high quality. The thing I heard about the Starfield one was that, you know, the kind of um, the space map on it has a kind of a raised feel, uh, which yeah. shows the, the level of quality there. If they can continue to do that and bring that level of quality to these and then have, a, again, like through Design Lab, have something that's a little bit, you know, lesser, um, not higher, lesser quality, but less detail, but gives you more space to create and, and collaborate and do more of that uh, customization for you. Then I think this is a big deal for, for them in terms of yeah. what we've seen. Like if you look at any time a new controller goes out, everyone is freaking out to go grab one of those things. Like they go fast. The Ninja Turtle one, That's even true. if they put that one out and they sold it because it was a very small collector's edition version of it, that thing would sell like gangbusters if they put that thing out. So I think they have a, a good market for, for what potentially could be there. And we'll see uh, once the Starford one goes out and people have it in their hands. And it's, uh, the game will be out before the wrap is, which is better than the opposite, <laughs> right? Better, than, better to just have the game be the first thing rather than, than be having a wrap that you just stare at waiting for the game. <laughs> so uh, those will be out in November, 50 bucks a pop there. Uh, all right, go. Gamescom opening night live. Uh, you were watching live. I was watching live. A lot of folks were were tuning in. It was evening time in Cologne, Germany, where this took place. For us out here on the West Coast, it was a nice, comfy 11 a.m. Pacific. And it was about a two-hour show, uh, which is about around where Jeff's shows have been landing more, more recently. Uh, and and I'll tell you, I've got a bunch of stuff highlighted in the notes here, Kyle. I'll be curious what, what had jumped out at you. Sure. But I, I want to start with the fact that I thought it was kind of a bold move to start not with a world premiere, not with any game thing, but with an Inanzur 
piano performance on stage of the Starfield theme. I don't know. I, look, I, I'll keep it 100 with you and the rest of the IGN fam. I love, I, look, my pinky was up while it happened. I had a glass of champagne while it was going down. I was like, all right, we're, we're, in, we're in the theater. We're in the, in the opera, in the, in, in the playhouse. I, I, I love Jeff for doing it. I just don't know if it lands for the, mo for the kind of larger gaming audience. If you're watching any Twitch chat, and again, we're not going to use Twitch chat as the, the barometer for you know, yeah. reasonable discourse. But it is a moment that I think is nice, but it doesn't land well for a lot of the folks who are watching these things. It feels a little bit like filler. And I, the weird thing that's, uh, th that kind of came across is I love Keeley's total show. Like if you look at the entire package and, and, and Jeff does a really fantastic job of understanding tempo for a show. Like he's yeah. gotten a lot better about understanding the tempo of, and the ebbs of flows of what, of what a show should look like. But starting off like that and then going into Starfield, you could have went and did that in some other way or just dropped the Starfield music out entirely and just get people really excited about starfield and keep going but it is nice it does feel cool to be able to have you know and we'll talk about it during the rest of the show and talking about the rest of the conversation but jeff's address book is ridiculous <laughs> like it's to true. pull in zer and then pull in you know other folks who are we'll talk Zach about a little snyder bit later showed up Zach snyder like it feels more like a flex to be able to say like i have these people on speed dial than it does yeah. as, as as a thing to kind of like help the gaming audience you know really get ready yeah. for two hours of, of, of announcement so it was uh, cool. al pacino last game awards right was that was it or the one before Is... uh, oh it was and uh and yeah. uh what's his face um i can't think of his name right now I, anyway he just named just jumped out of my head dead by daylight he's in the new dead by daylight oh nicholas uh, for Cage. dlc Nicholas Cage. I couldn't yeah. think of Nicholas Cage's name. Wow, that tells you a lot about today. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I I like the fact that these are the things that happen for 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 Jeff and his show, and I think it's it's an interesting way to kind of start to add the cultural layer that you want to kind of in, usher people into the show. Uh, yeah, well said. Well said. I, I agree with you. By the way, like I was taken aback when I was like, "Really? He's opening with this?" It's <laughs> it, it, it's it's a lot of it's very it's a very confident move on jeff's part to be like i think this my audience is so locked in that they're gonna sit through a piano rendition to start the show um so yeah i i give him i give him the balls of steel achievement award for uh for this one it's achievement unlocked on his part for opening with a with a piano tune an instrumental no vocals just no. Just Enon Zor at the piano. That last plink of the of the piano, and then it just faded up. I was like, I don't know who this is for, but that was okay. Yeah, and the well, the kicker was, I believe there's still. I don't think there was any new Starfield footage in that. There was a live action trailer, which was which okay. Was it was kind of interesting to look at, right? Yeah, like I, I think again, like I think what. Bethesda does in terms of pulling in all, you know, all the things you can from a PR perspective and a marketing perspective to really pull you into the worlds that they are building. They continue to just do really good work. Whoever the studio that they worked with to get that live action sequence together made you really excited for what the game is going to be. Of course, we're playing it, but for the folks at home who are, you know, going to play it soon, I was hyped for that, even watching that to be like, oh man, this is gonna be something very special from Bethesda. So 
Uh, yeah. Kudos on them for for pulling that in and having Jeff pull it into the show. It was really smart. Yeah, and uh, I know for a fact that Todd Howard doesn't like to travel much. He doesn't like to leave the <laughs> no. nest. So, right. so kudos to Jeff for for getting uh, Todd to fly all the way out to Germany for for that like opening little two minute segment on stage. So Todd's mm-hmm. got to get out there and, and do the and hustle. He's got a, he's got a new game to sell. That's you know not a built in audience like with Fallout or with Elder Scrolls. So. He's sure. hustling. You, you appreciate yeah. the hustle. You respect the hustle. Uh, the next thing, though, the only like actual serious thing we're going to talk about, because the rest of this is all video game fun. It's, it's literal fun in games. Uh, <laughs> so right before, I guess it was, well, whatever, right after this, very early on in the show, two random assholes just went up on stage and were babbling about something for a few seconds before security could get up there, but they were like right up with Jeff. Like they could have absolutely caused him significant harm. If they, like they were, they were point blank to, to Jeff. And, you know, at first I thought, I don't, my first reaction was, is this a bit like, what was your first reaction to it? Yeah, I thought it was a bit too, where, but, but it's quick, right? Where when you are seeing Jeff do his thing, and then you can also see like, if you're paying attention to any of the shows that Jeff has ever put on onto the world, he is very serious about his business. He's having fun, but he's ha- but he's very serious about giving you a good show and making sure yeah. things run on time. He works and for months on this stuff. stuff. Months on this stuff. And you can see immediately that he was like, I'm pissed whatever this is whatever's happening right now i'm pissed and i'm worried and it, it was it was a really weird moment but this is again the second time that this has happened for for jeff in, in one of his big productions yeah. and you know it's it's another conversation that i think he and his team are going to have to have well you know wanting to have this connection to a greater live audience and especially one in which the public is involved because if you really think about this too the audience in that in that stage and in that uh, in that uh, forum was really really hype like it, it is a really stark contrast from the game awards where people get excited but in a gamescom feel everyone is like hype and it's because it's a lot of fans there um, yeah and, and it was game really awards scary. Is, a, is an actual award show so it is kind of literally totally. more of a buttoned up kind of thing right for sure for sure for sure and and you can see just like things were, were going sideways really quickly and happily you know, the security came up and, and snagged those folks and pulled them off stage and, and all that stuff. And I think they were screaming something about Grand Theft Auto 6 or something like that. We want to see Grand Theft Auto 6, something like that. But it's a scary moment for, for anyone who's doing that work and for the developers who are in who are in the seats. You know, it's a really scary thing. Yeah. I, and yeah, as soon as it was clear that it that it was not a bit, um, I I was just glad when they left, they got ushered off stage and Jeff was unhurt because that's, I mean, that, that is just, they, that, I don't know if there were, I have no idea what the security was getting in, if there were metal detectors or or what I, you know, I do not know, but they certainly could have, could have really, you know, they could have gone up there throwing punches. They could, you know, there's a lot of things that could have happened. And, you know, there's a couple things. One, you know, you, you and I were talking before, like, you know, joking, but not like Jeff needs better security uh, at this point, because what's clearly happened is that this kid got up on stage at, well, it was just last year's Game Awards, right? Because I was there. 
Yep. Uh, and everybody was, you know, kind of like what just happened and what, and what was this? And Jeff had to address it on stage there. That was right near the end of the show with game of the year. Right. And now this was right at the beginning. So clearly the message, you know, the message is now to these, to these, uh, to these assholes that, that, you know, go ahead. You, you, you're, you're free to just walk up on stage and have your own little moment to say whatever little dumb shit you want to say. And what's, what's going to happen now is number one, security is going to tighten up. And number two, what, what these guys are going to pause is that uh, you kind of alluded to it, Ka, is the public isn't going to be allowed into these things anymore. The, the very, very few, like the 0.001% of, of the bad apples here are going to make it so that no good, honest video game fan, which is again, 99.9999% of the rest of us, are, are going to be able to attend these events anymore. And that's a real yeah. shame. It's a huge shame because even when you think about some of the, the bigger events that we see across the industry that do have fans involved with them, like I think of Xbox Fan Fest all the time and how wonderfully those events are run and how fantastic the fans are just because they're rubbing elbows with Xbox brass all the time because Xbox mm -hmm. is doing that work of connecting. Um, it, it makes me feel like even some of those events now continuing to look at the kind of you know uh, mishaps that happen in these ways how do those change and then the question i'll pose to you is what do you think this does to the developer community as well does this make them want to kind of constrict and not go to some of these events you talked about todd howard who is not a person who goes to a lot of these big events uh, like these that are super public and open to the public in that way do you think folks like that now kind of take a step back and say, maybe I'm not going to go to the game awards or maybe I'm not going to go to these other events. My, I, I, my, my immediate optimistic reaction to you is no, I don't, I don't think, I mean, now everybody's different, right? Everybody's going to have a different level of comfort in, in attending that stuff at all. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, it was when, when the game awards first came back as, as, as I recall it being kind of the game was the game awards. 2021 was kind of the first big, industry in-person gathering uh after covid mm -hmm. and you know i think there were there were most likely people that, that that decided not to go to that for for you know maybe covid related reasons and now would people make the same kind of judgment here on oh well is is there a safety issue with this i you know i, I my guess is probably most people know will will not have a problem but you're you're absolutely right that that uh, Jeff, you know, uh, he, he's going to be locking things down and probably communicating that to his to the developers that get invited to this stuff moving forward and really being transparent about this, the additional steps that are being taken to tighten up security. Yeah, yeah it's it's a really weird incident. And, and again, I hope that <clears throat> what we did, what we saw last year with that uh young man jumping up on stage for the game awards what i don't want is for our community in the press and in the media and then other spaces that are adjacent and parallel to uplift that or to, to give that thing more air than it needs we're talking about it because it's, it's it's pretty hot and we just saw it but what usually happens is that weird long tail of us having a weird week of this in the news cycle and it then becomes a thing where more cappy cats cappy cappy cats feel emboldened to be able to do more of these kinds of things so i hope you know we talk about it talk about the safety stuff i'm sure right now jeff is chewing somebody out 
uh, behind the scenes uh, to, to figure out what went wrong there. But I, I hope that this is a thing that we don't see happen anymore at any of the any of these events because it just ruins it literally for everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Uh, all right, let's get back to the actual fun and games. And uh, yeah, if, if our producer Tom is is listening in, I'm still, my voice is doubling pretty good. So any magic you can work on the back end to address that would be would be awesome here, but we'll uh, we'll keep rolling with with the video games now. Uh, Little Nightmares three. I, mm. I I think I must be sleeping on the first two, Ka, because as soon as this trailer started, I got some some play dead kind of vibes from this. Some limbo inside, you know, real distinct art style, very mm. moody visuals. Uh, it seems like it's probably a a, a, a you know not. 2D, literally 2D, but but maybe 3D on 2D, uh, physics-based puzzle platformer, like uh, that. That seems like the kind of game this is. Which I love those kinds of games. And Tom, you fixed it, so thank you very much. I'm not hearing myself anymore. But did did that jump out at you as well? Yeah, I'm a huge Little Nightmares fan. I've played through one and two. Uh, the, the you, you nailed it with the the comparison there. There's a lot of amazing stuff that's happening in that. In that game because of the the horror elements and the way they play around with foreground and background elements to to make you really feel like you're this small character who's sneaking their way through these kind of really scary moments you know shout out to uh for folks who are little nightmares fans shout out to giraffe neck feature uh which is a really weird <laughs> uh, reference but for folks who know you know uh but that, i love that game and i love that series i was really excited to see that that game is coming back for the third for the third time yeah, that uh, that is that is straight up on my radar now. I'll be I'll be paying close attention on that one. Uh, and then uh, a genre, whereas I, I I love the you know the aforementioned physics based puzzle platformers with the moodier graphics, the better. Uh, a genre that I'm not personally super into, but just purely visually was a was stunning to to look at again for about the fourth or fifth time here. Black Myth Wukong uh, was it's Unreal Engine 5, and my goodness, how good did this look again? I mean, the thing that really pulls this game together is, again, this is from a fairly small team, if I remember correctly, because it, it kind of jumped out and was a big surprise for everyone to say. Game Science is, is the name of the development team. I believe they are in China, because our IGN mm -hmm. China team has been, has been covering the heck out of this, and the coverage localized in English has been blowing up huge for us. The worldwide audience is, is just as taken with this game as the rest of us. Yeah, I, I'm just like, oh man, like again, the the things that are happening in, in the space and we, you know, we talked about this and IGN has been putting up some really uh, fantastic work with Lords of the Fallen. This is another one of those games that you can see the imprints of why Unreal Engine 5 is kind of the new wave for people to move to from the ability for smaller studios to make games like this yeah. or the visual fidelity for people to kind of really pull in some new ways to think about art and the ways to think about gameplay. And again, a game like this wouldn't exist without not only the technology, but people seeing that they're uh, the ability to kind of play in a genre that is doing really, really well. Like I think the, the Soulsborne's games have done so well over the past you know five or six years that a game like this that got its first kind of glance a couple of years ago now has an actual audience for it in a way that we might yeah. not have seen before. So 
super excited for this. This is going to be real cool. Yeah, there were, you mentioned Lords of the Fallen, which, uh, as you kindly plugged for me, is our IGN first game. We're exclusively covering it all month long. Our our ace Soulsborne expert, Mitchell Saltzman, has been uh, producing a ton of awesome content. We did also get a great new trailer from Lords of the Fallen at, at uh, opening night live as well. So there were not one, but two gorgeous <laughs> Unreal Engine 5 based uh, Souls likes. The difference, one of them's coming out very soon with its October, I want to say maybe 13th, don't quote me on that, for mm-hmm. uh, for Lords of the Fallen, and and we've got to wait till next year for Black Myth Wukong. But yeah, just to give you an idea, like, uh, I'm just going to pull this up real quick, because, you know, IGN's metrics aren't the be-all, end-all of of everything, but it's obviously, you know, we we look to our own metrics to make content decisions. And if something breaks a million, we obviously know that's a big deal. That's, you know, that's something we need to cover more that our audience super cares about. Mm-hmm. So, and, and a million doesn't happen every day. Mm-hmm. Black Myth Wukong, uh, or we had an exclusive first hands-on preview that you can read on IGN now or watch it on our YouTube channel. That's about to cross a million views in two days. So wow. you got that. The Unreal Engine 5 gameplay trailer from two years ago has 9.3 million views on it. The original 13-minute gameplay trailer that they released, the very first thing, has 10 million views on IGN's YouTube channel. Trailer from two years ago that was three minutes long has 3.8 million views on it. Uh, so it, it just goes on. Like, I could I could keep going. Like, the, the interest in this game is is clearly there and uh today's opening night live presentation will will do nothing to to lessen the interest so glad uh glad that one's finally coming along this week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by nord vpn hey if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts NordVPN is a great way to go you can use nord vpn a virtual private network to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash unlocked without the e that's n-o-r-d-v-p-n dot com slash u-n-l-o-c-k-d and that'll give you four extra months on the two-year plan and best of all there's no risk with nord's 30-day money-back guarantee nordvpn.com slash unlocked without the e this episode is brought to you by reese's peanut butter cups in breaking news Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. 
However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Uh, and then the next one I had highlighted uh, is... <laughs> I've been screaming on this podcast for a while now about id Software's next game. Is it a Quake reboot? Are they going to reinvent Quake in the same way that they reinvented Doom back in 2016? Not suggesting that it's just going to be the same game with a Quake skin on it, but are they going to, you know, really rethink Quake and, and modernize it? Or, you know, or what, what direction is id Software going to go? Because it's been now... Uh, three and almost a half years since Doom Eternal shipped. And it seems like it's probably, we, we could hear from id Software anytime now. And when this, when this trailer started, I know you already know the trailer I'm talking about because I, I, I yeah. heard your sort of agreeing chuckle at the beginning <laughs> of this. It, it's like this, this sort of demon looking monster that's, that's like strapped to a table by a bunch of machines and getting its chest torn open and getting all these, cybernetic implants put into it and like like uh drills for arms and something over its face and eyes and i'm like and even the music was kind of doomy like it had that mm -hmm. it, it sort of had that same um oh what's the guy's name that, that's super awesome that uh the composer from from uh doom 2016 and then they had the big public oh, falling out for right. doom eternal what yeah. oh I can't remember the name. Either. The comments are going to have it instantaneously. Of course, I'm I'm doing a show, kind of off the top of my head, and I'm blanking on it now. Uh, anyway, you guys know who I'm talking about. Uh, but it sounded kind of kind of doomy that music. Um, but it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't at all. The logo <laughs> comes up, and it's Killing Floor Three. I I'm telling you, I literally thought it was either a doom three or a quake reboot i i'm not kidding i'm not trying to like i'm not trying to be funny or be be cheeky at all like i actually thought like is this id software's next game right now yep same it was a lot of reds a lot of oranges a lot of browns i was like all right yeah. i'm down i'm down for it i'm ready i'm ready for it i was waiting for the logo to come up and then it was killing floor and i was like oh man like again nothing to nothing nothing <laughs> nothing yeah to the wonderful friends over there who are making killing floor but as a person who was really excited for the next Doom thing or the next id thing, I was like, okay, you know, good, good, good job on 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 getting really close to that aesthetic for sure. So the the wait goes on for id Software's next game, whatever it's going to be. And by the way, I know that I know that basically all of our listeners about a minute ago were screaming at at their phones and I and and whatever audio they're listening to this on there. Mick Gordon. It was Mick right. Gordon. I, I I had to look it up because I, I blanked out in the moment. So um, you can s save the comment. We got it. I got there. I just had to re <laughs> remind myself. I mean, that's I'm much actually... better than me missing Nicolas Cage. So you're, you're in a good spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've, I've, Maybe it's post-COVID brain fog for me. I'm gonna. Can I blame it on that? Still, has am I still Absolutely. in the window where I can attribute it that to that? Can I just go ahead Absolutely. and blame that? Absolutely. All right. So, Killing Floor Three. Um, yeah. No. No. No disrespect, Killing Floor Three, but Hold there on. was. The, you, you fooled me, and I don't know if you were purposely trying to fool me, but congrats. I guess either way on that one. Uh, 
just a couple more things I wanted to highlight. And and again, if you've got any, uh, throw them in. But I'm just sure. I'm literally going in order of 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 the show here because I was just taking notes as we went. So payday three, there was a a little little trailer introduced by Ice T, who has who's in the game. He has his own heist mission in payday three, and payday's always been a you know, I mean, always gameplay's always king. So it's always king. You never, you know, you can have all the graphics you want and it doesn't make a, a great game. I mean, the, the two probably quintessential examples of that from last generation were the two early gen games. I'll, I'll, I'll give them one PlayStation, one Xbox, just to keep any fanboys at bay. We had Rise on the, on the Xbox One and we had The Order 1886 on the PlayStation 4 where it's like we have these gorgeous games that don't quite have the gameplay uh, to back it up. So Payday 3, all right, I'm watching this trailer, and I know this this is a beloved series. It's a super fun heist game. And then it gets to the end slate of the trailer, <laughs> and it's it's Series X, only, Series X and S and PS5 only on the console side, along with, of course, PC. And I, I did the grimace emoji on this one, Ka, because <laughs> it... It don't look good for for a next gen only game. And again, I'm not saying that's the be all end all, but I think it's it's fair to when you're when you've left the the Xbox One and PS4 behind, and that's what the game looks like. It's just kind of like really like Starbreeze is. I've seen them do do prettier stuff than this in the past. Yeah. The 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 most disappointing part about that entire trailer and. The fact that Ice T is 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 kind of connected to this is, as a big huge fan of Ice T's work over the decades, I am sad to see him go to this criminal lifestyle after being a cop in Law and Order <laughs> and New Jack City. This makes me sad to see him turn to a life of crime in this video game. <laughs> Not a good looking video game, but. I, I mean, I yeah, it, it's a weird, it's a weird game where I feel like this is one of those titles that ha has an audience. Though I think that's the thing that I yeah. keep going back to is that as much as I may poo poo the, the way this one, in this version looks and, and some of the things that are there, there's a really tight audience who really loves this game and, and is really digging into it. So I I'd be curious to see and talk to those folks to say like, are you disappointed by this? Does this feel like what you've come to know and love about the series and does this feel like a downgrade for you having been a player in that community for a long period of time it would be interesting to hear that perspective but come on ice come on man what is going on here you can't hit me with the bong bong law and order song and then and then jump to be a jump to be a criminal and, and payday what the hell well at least he's not in uh what was it called uh rock hey city at least he <laughs> wasn't in that game he did. That game he was did. Yes. Super not good. Yes. Good it's, job. Good job to your management team. I see for Crime not Boss. Rock Hay City was the name of that. Yes. I think. Yeah. Exactly. You nailed it. it. Your management <laughs> team is on point. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, we got some release dates in this as well, uh, including Tekken Eight, January twenty sixth. So getting twenty twenty four off to a fast start. Real quick, Sonic no, Super. Really yeah. Go ahead. I wanted to add one thing, which was actually interesting. With they, they have a new single-player mode that is very similar to Street Fighter VI's single-player mode. The thing that is going to be really interesting to see is which one of those modes, we've already seen Street Fighter VI, 
Tekken 8's mode, will some of that customization carry over to other fights that will happen outside of just that arcade mode? If yeah. that's the case, which it doesn't sound like it is from listening to a couple of different versions of the conversation, if they were to pull that over, that's a huge win for them because that's a big thing that the Street Fighter VI uh, fans are, are are sad about because it's only in World Tour mode. So it would be really cool to see that kind of translate. Well, fighting game fans continue to to eat well uh, with with you know Street Fighter Six. We got, in fact, I guess even though it's it, it's towards the end of the show, I might as well just mention it now. Uh, and that was Ed Boon coming out. I know you're a big Mortal Kombat fan, and yes. this, you know, I just talked about how Black Myth Wukong does insane views on IGN. Yeah, we, and we've only it only got announced two months ago, but Mortal Kombat One is has done insane views on ign and for good reason uh it is it just looks spectacular by any definition of the word how hyped were you from this trailer that that ed boone brought out to uh to opening night live Ka? first of all i believe in ed ed if you were to run for president i'd vote for you uh second second of all I'm just so ridiculously hyped for this. The online beta, the pre-order beta just happened and finished this past weekend, which was fantastic because we got some new characters to play. The thing that everyone has been asking for is is, is more information on the roster. And now getting Sindel, you know, Shao Kahn, getting a chance to see my my main in Raiden uh, finally come through. And then having some more of the uh, cameos in Motaro and some other folks kind of come into the space. Every time that they show something for this game, my hype levels just get even bigger and higher and more excited because this is going to be the game that's going to last you for at least a couple of years. And it's and we haven't even seen the full roster yet. And everything they show is just so good. I'm unbelievably hyped for this. And they just nailed it again at, at Gamescom. So good. I still can't get over the fact that they are... And I, again, I love Ed. I, I've known Ed for many, many years. <laughs> I still can't get over that they have uh, co-opted, with a K, they have yes. co-opted the term <laughs> cameo with a K. Like, no, that's a rare made video game from the launch of the Xbox 360, <laughs> and that's what it's always going to be in my head. I know Mortal Kombat's <laughs> a big deal, and I know cameo is long gone, and it's never coming back. I just, my, my brain cannot adjust to that when i see it either on the screen like in the trailer in the ui or or just written down somewhere it's you know of course because of course they spell any like hard c word with a k in mortal kombat as they have for 30 years so the fact that they have a cameo system that's spelled the exact same way as rare's pretty good xbox 360 launch game it just it is i can't get over it the weird thing is this is going to pull Cameo, the Xbox 360 game, back into the zeitgeist faster than it'll pull Banjo in. That's going to be yep. the funniest part of this conversation. Just add an extra O, Ryan. Just add some extra O's to the end of it. That'll differentiate it from, from the game for you. That'll yeah. make it easy. Yeah, the, the data analysts at Rare and Microsoft are going to be like, <laughs> interest in Cameo is spiking since June. What What's happened? Maybe, maybe if we just fool them, maybe they'll just... <sighs> make a new cameo game thinking that everybody is super interested in it again and we'll get a cameo too it we could can have a cameo we can have a oh i'm sorry i cut you off we can have a cameo we can have the cameo character 
as a cameo in Mortal Kombat come back as a special cameo character with a cake. <laughs> so good. Christopher Nolan approves of your proposal. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's so good. Ed, if you're listening, we got to make this happen. This is a brilliant idea that Khalif's just had. I'm, I'm all in on this. Uh, okay. We got a couple more games to go over because th there were a ton of games here and we'll get to our overall impressions of the show uh, at, at the end here after we get through the, the games we've highlighted. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. I want to talk about this one for just yeah. a second here uh, because I have to say, I mean, I've, I'm not shy about my Call of Duty opinions on this podcast. Uh, I am a campaign only player. I have been for a long time. I, I played competitive, not like, professional competitive but i played multiplayer way back in the you know before the infinity ward team all left to become respawn like in the early you know modern warfare og modern warfare days and and you know up till then but these days i'm you know i'm too damn old i just play the campaigns and i'm happy with that i'm fine with that and i have played and finished almost every call of duty campaign that's ever been made although a couple of my my blind spots, a couple of the ones I've skipped, have been in recent years. Uh, I didn't end up finishing Modern Warfare 2 last year. I got to a part that just annoyed the, the heck out of me, and I was just like, forget it. I'm not going to, I don't care enough to finish this, uh, which is kind of weird for me. Usually I, I get into that completionist zone where I'm like, I got to finish the campaign, but I didn't with that one. I skipped Vanguard entirely, Um and, and maybe one or two of the other ones over the last few years I've skipped. But generally speaking, I, I will jump into most of them. And I'll, and I'll be honest with you, Ka, Modern Warfare 3, I, I kind of have come into this not really hyped at all. Like thinking, you know, not that I wasn't going to play it, but I, I've, it was probably going to be an uphill battle for me to make time for it because I know of Starfield I'm probably going to be playing for a long, long time. All these October games, that there's this endless list of October games from Assassin's Creed to, to Alan Wake 2 to, I mean, Sonic Superstars, which I guess I'll just throw in right now that we got a new trailer for that at opening night live. October 17th is the date for that. Um, and, I, and I feel like I'm probably leaving out, oh, well, Spider-Man 2 and Forza Motorsport. So there's just like an endless list of October games. Like, am I really going to, make time for Modern Warfare 3's campaign. And I have to say, they showed, uh, I think Modern Warfare 3 had the longest demo of anything in, in Jeff's two hours. It was a good, had to be at least five minutes, if not 10, uh, of actual mm -hmm. gameplay there. And they're doing this open combat area thing, which is not open world. I, I, would, I would probably just nope out on principle if Call of Duty just went full open world. I'd be like, forget it. <laughs> but it's, it's kind of the like the, the example that pops into my head is Splinter Cell, where Splinter Cell would, you know, it's not an open world. You can't just go anywhere you want. But within each mission, you're in this kind of open area and you can you can approach objectives in different ways. And that's what Sledgehammer is trying to do here with Modern Warfare 3. And I have to say, I'm intrigued. Not only... Just that that sounds good to me on paper. Uh, a Call of Duty campaign where I can maybe approach it stealth or come at it from this way or that way or up high or, or whatever. 
So I like that on paper. And I also just like, quite frankly, that whether it works or not, that they're they're just mixing up the formula a little bit here after, you know, year in and year out of linear Call of Duty campaigns. So I'm into this. Are you? Yeah, I think for me, as a person who is still pretty involved in the, the Call of Duty universe, um, it was a really interesting showing, to be fair, because I, I'm, I'm with you a thousand percent on them mixing it up and, and, and giving you more options in the way that you play and kind of tackle each one of these scenarios, which is a thing that I actually am really ex excited about. But it was weird because that didn't really come through in the demo at all. Like the demo showed what looked like a pretty straightforward version of what you would do in any Call of Duty mission. So it didn't yeah. really showcase the things that I'm actually excited about, which are open world zombies, which are right. the ability to tackle these, these missions in, in multiple different ways. Um, and it's weird because the thing that I'm actually excited about is the continuation of the story with Mark, uh, Markarov. Uh, I think I was saying that name right. Um, because I was highly invested in that storyline with no Russian and everything that came about from that, from that moment in time. And none of that stuff got shown to the audience, which I thought was a really weird kind of showing for what this game is going to wind up being. It felt very generic. It felt extremely call of duty in all the ways that we know we're going to yeah. see, Oh, you're going to come out of the water and you're going to stealth it. And you're going right. to hit somebody with a, with a, with a silence pistol. And then you're going to go do the team thing. Like all of those things, they hit each one of those specific marks, but it, that wasn't a thing that got me excited at all. It was everything that they talked about, but didn't show. Yeah. Well, I will say I, I did really like the part that they showed where you, your team kills the lights and then slowly repels down that yeah. sort of underground shaft thing and just starts shooting yeah. dudes as you get yeah. to each level. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, the the whole like we're gonna let the 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 jailbreak happen and then we're gonna use it yeah. as cover, that was cool. That was that was super yeah. interesting and fun. It's it's one of those things too where my hope is that, and we know that they're gonna do this in the in the marketing buzz and and, and lead up to this game dropping. We'll see a lot of those modes wind up being shown in, in in more pieces of it, but it is one of those things where, interestingly enough, the thing that I am most excited about within the Call of Duty world now was done in the game that was that's still out right now, which is the raids. And the raids have been really good in terms of storytelling and bridging the gap between single player play, uh, play styles and kind of, you know, three man, uh, three man teams and what you would get in a kind of multiplayer, multiplayer setting. I wanna hear more about how they're incorporating some of that stuff into the mix too, because right now those are the best stories in the Call of Duty universe that's happening. Nice. Yeah, good stuff. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I can't, so basically, yeah, I went from zero hype to to some interest here. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. This, it drops in November. I, I can't imagine I'm going to be even, even remotely done with the three thousand <laughs> other games coming out this fall. So we'll see. I'm not making any promises that I'm going to get to the Call of Duty campaign, but I'm at least interested now. Yeah. Uh, and then just the last couple here. Number one. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, the Phantom Liberty expansion that's coming out. The news there was really that a lot of the sort of gameplay system updates that they're that they're adding to to that expansion are also being rolled into the main game for free. So even if you don't buy the expansion, you're still going to get some of the stuff like the car combat. So I thought that was that was pretty cool. A CD Projekt Red to do that. 
really smart again it shows that they are you know in it for the long haul in terms of supporting the game that they've made and wanted to share with a much larger audience i think getting a chance to have some hands-on with that at summer games fest earlier this year it, i'm just very excited for what they're going to pull together for this the, the story feels really smart and competent and again you put anything with Idris Elba in it and i'm rocking i'm like do it i don't care what it is <laughs> yeah. put him in everything I at still, this point he's great i am totally on the team on team uh, make idris elba james bond like i i will put that hashtag on my profile yes. i don't care how old the guy is he would be awesome as james bond he would be so good that, that just needs he would to also happen. make a real he would also make a really good cameo in mortal kombat <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah all right and the last thing which actually we're about out of time too as as it's worked oh, out wow. here uh is the thing that ended the show was a new trailer showing off a little Alan Wake from Alan Wake 2. Some of the Alan, because we saw Saga, uh, the the other character that you'll be playing as. We saw her back at the, what, Summer Game Fest. And now we see a little bit of Alan Wake. And some some live action stuff being blended in through like the in-game mm. TV stuff, which, you know, if you've, if you've played Alan Wake 1, that will not be a surprise to you, but they've really evolved that. I... I could, I'm so over the moon. I'm so ready for this game, Kai. That was the thing that got me the most hype about this particular trailer, because not only are they going back to what I think they do really, really well, if you think about what they did in Control with some of the, the kind of, you know, uh, first person, not first person, the live action stuff. Yeah. They nail that stuff in these games. And knowing that that's also a part of this connected world and how they're doing this and how lifelike the characters look like, Man, Alan Wake 2 is going to be good. I'm so excited for this game. It's going to really, I think it's going to knock some people off, off their seats. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, I don't remember if this happened in time for last week's podcast or not. So I'll just mention it real quick. They pushed the release date back 10 days to October 27th. So fittingly closer to Halloween for a survival horror game. And I, I have to say, Khalif, I loved their, they were honest about it. Because we talk a lot about how oh, well, this game got delayed by a month or whatever, a short delay. They were probably getting out of the way of Zelda or GTA or Red Dead or something. But mm. Remedy actually admitted it. They said, yeah, we're, there's a ton of shit in, in October and we just we're, we're, we want to let people play that stuff and we're going to move back a little bit. And I thought, I was just like, thank you for being honest about it. And for being confident. Like, that's a huge yeah. you know, level of confidence too from their studio to say like, look, we know we have a banger coming and we want you to take the time to enjoy it. We don't want other things kind of, you know, pulling at your heels for your time for this. We'll, we'll give you some more time to kind of get through it. I love stuff like that, especially if it's not, you know, uh, game development related in that way. If it's really just getting out of the way of the, the, the zeitgeist for other stuff, super smart yeah. and shows a ton of confidence from Remedy. I love that. Yeah. And, and like, so I will be putting Alan Wake 2 is a much higher priority for me than Modern Warfare 3. Just to give a little context <laughs> what I was talking about earlier. Alan Wake 2 is right near the top of my October games list. So uh, I am very much looking forward to playing that. And with that, we've reached the end of the line here for Unlock 609. This flew by. You and I should just, should, I mean, we love Stella. We love Destin. They're off at Gamescom this week. This was great. Let's do this again. Just you and me. We make a damn good team, I have to say. <laughs> I mean, of course, I love, I love you, Stella. I love you, Destin. But we, you know, we, we, we get it done here. We make it happen. It's always great. 
<laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're they're working hard, making a ton of content for IGN over in Germany at Gamescom. So again, you gotta just check IGN, check IGN's YouTube all week and weekend long because we've got a we've got a big team over there that really is working hard to cover all the games. There are there are a lot of games over at Gamescom this year. Khalif, uh, give us a spawn on me plug. I know you're you're rocking uh, some some new threads. You want to give a quick plug here before we go? Yeah, we uh, I got some of our tenth year merch up on 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 the site uh, on our on our merch site. You can check out uh, all of that stuff on my socials at Khalif Adams and at Spawn on Me. We we run those things pretty certain, and we also kind of show that stuff during our broadcasts on on YouTube and, and on Twitch. But yeah, uh, it's always a, a pleasure to rock with you and, and do more work here uh, on Unlocked. And, and yeah. Gamescom is a banger. Y'all have been killing it on the coverage already, and it's been so good to watch. So excited to see what else is coming down the pipe. Yeah, everybody, everybody go check out Spawn on Me, because now that you've, you're have you getting to know Khalif a lot better here through his his kind time on Unlock, that he's so nice to give us the time week in and week out here while Miranda's away, uh, you got to go check out Spawn on Me. It is genuinely one of the most, one of the best and quite seriously most important podcasts in the entire games industry so i do genuinely urge everybody to go check it out just give it a try that's all you got just ch- try one you're gonna you're gonna like it and you're gonna subscribe and you're gonna you're gonna get into it so do that uh i'm on twitter at dmc underscore ryan as always you can find my uh, annoying xbox takes that i'm always i'm always upsetting either the xbox fanboys or the playstation fanboys which tells me that i'm doing my job well if i'm upsetting everyone that means I'm right. I'm I'm down. I'm I'm playing a fair fair fight here, playing a fair game. All right. Uh, thank you to our producer Tom for making this one happen. This again is kind of a weird one. We're we're all in different places. We're all remote. There's everybody's scattered for Gamescom. So thank you, Tom, for uh, for getting us set up and making this happen. Thank you to Khalif for making the time to to uh, podcast with me here once again for Unlock Six Oh Nine. We will see you back here next week with a full gamescom wrap-up should have some hopefully stalker 2 impressions i'm pretty sure the team's seeing that this week so there'll be plenty of fun stuff next week join us then Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.